You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Welcome to Flying Casual, an all-Star Wars podcast built on hope for all Star Wars fans. I think that may be my best introduction ever. It's not a slogan. Maybe it should be a slogan. I don't think we have a slogan. Well, we have a slogan. Don't be a dick. Yeah, it's just not the most appropriate slogan okay, so to promote. Flying um, yeah. Casual, built on hope. It kind of reminds yeah. me of the Dunkin' Donuts slogan. Well, here's the thing. It says built on hope and below it, it has an actual like drawn penis with one of those just like ca- like cancel signs over it. You mean the circle with the line through yeah, it? What is, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's called. We prohibit penises in this, in this realm, um, but we do. Don't be a dick. And uh, this podcast is built on hope. I don't know. Maybe we'll trademark it. I have no idea. <laughs> TM. Um, but guys, welcome uh, to uh, this is our second week in 2021. Feels good. Uh, you know, the, the world is still ablaze, but, you know, there's some hope. And we talked about that last episode. Um, so I am just riding on that hope. Yeah. Um, it's and, like a, yeah. my good friend Barack Obama said Oh. in 2016. The sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, if you're friends with Barack Obama, then I have a lot of questions. <laughs> and I'm also extremely angry at why haven't we tapped into that for the podcast? I'm sure you love Star Wars. He's Does an American, he? right? Oh, uh, well, is he? I well, think that we're was not. Up for debate. Yeah, that's up for debate. Still pending, um, you know, however, I mean, 12 years later, we're still not sure whether he's an American citizen or not. So, um, Still under investigation for that. But, uh, guys, I am joined. Uh, I am Michael Canterbury. I, let me introduce my, my humble self, uh, your host of this humble podcast. And I am joined at the table. Holly, introduce yourself. You already have a little bit. But how you doing? How's, how's 2021 treating you? This is something I want to ask you guys. Do you have any resolutions for this year? And if so, how are they going already? Oh, my God. I Okay. So if I'm going to introduce myself. Okay. Hi, I'm Holly. Holly I'm, I'm 29, 29 years oh, old. Yeah, 29. 21. <laughs> you like that's yeah. fine yeah. i'm 21 years old this is my first beer <laughs> hey, at least you're 21. <laughs> um i have so many resolutions okay i have like a whole list and usually i'm not a big like new year's resolutions yeah. person because i'm like my resolutions is like right out the door yeah but what are a couple of them okay a couple of them is i want to read 24 books this year wow it's a lot of books yeah that you're on track so far so far i am yeah. i'm on my second book of the month um and then i have a running goal okay i want to double the miles that i run this year or well from last year mm-hmm. um i won't disclose what those are because i didn't do a good job of running last yeah holly's year. so ashamed to only run like <laughs> six miles casually a day like it's <laughs> stupid okay but that those yeah. are those are my two big goals okay. and i think that it's achievable well holly you're doing a hell of a job we're two weeks in and a lot of people give up on those resolutions by now uh i know i've given up on a few but uh folks we're also joined uh via skype our uh always always uh informational knowledgeable handsome maybe a scott avit actually a seth avit uh doppelganger looks a little bit like scott uh lucas elder luke any resolutions that you're working on uh two weeks into this new year uh, mostly to make it to 2022 is my main <laughs> resolution. Uh, I don't have any specific ones. I am on my second book of the year as well, though. 
uh, I did uh, I did cheat a little bit. That I read a test of courage, which is like a yeah. middle grade reader. Uh, it, was a, it was a quick breezy read over a few days. Uh, so, you know, if I keep picking up books for middle schoolers, I'll, I'm sure I'll read a lot. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. It counts. And we're going to get to that one. We're going to get to that one uh, at some point in the podcast because I also want to read it. Artwork looks amazing. I think Michael's resolution for 2021 is to finish the Thrawn book he's been reading. I'm 30 pages to go. I I, I was so tired last night. I was like, I I should try to push through, but I'm going to miss the ending. Uh, So I am almost done with uh, Chaos Rising, so I'm going to ready for that second uh, uh second of the this uh this trilogy when it comes out but luke any other any other uh resolutions that you're working on besides we are this is a big reading podcast so it's going to be a lot of the resolutions anything else any any personal resolutions that maybe you'd like to share with the world that you haven't even shared with your family <laughs> put them on the spot <laughs> to, to to look sound and act more like scott avid because i think that would uh, oh my god that would really help me with the wife you know, keep the keep the uh, fire burning. Here's here's my, here's my question. I got a I have an, a couple of other friends that are huge Avid Brothers fans, as are we. Um, another couple, uh, the husband really into Seth Avid, the wife really into Scott Avid. Is that what I'm hearing? Is in the elder household as well, Luke? No, no, we're a double Scott house. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm a double Scott man myself. Like I, two, I love Scott so much. It's like two people are loving him. So you know, but I do love Seth as well. You, you got to have Seth. They, they wouldn't be the Avid brothers if it wasn't Holly. Who, it would just team, team yeah. Seth or Scott. I mean, I don't. Who really, do you stand? I don't know. I, yeah. Okay, guys, I oh, like geez. the Avid oh, brothers. I just like I. If you I'm pointed, no, don't mute me. I have things to say. Well, not about and the Avid Brothers, apparently. <laughs> and it's this. Yeah. If you asked me to tell you which was which, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> so I cannot answer your question. And I've even watched Judd Apatow's documentary, wow. and I still don't remember. I'm trying not to be offended. Which one's married to the actress from Dexter? Seth. Oh, yeah, I like Seth. Come I'm, a, I'm on. a big Seth fan then. <sighs> Okay. Well, that's fine. We got to even it out a little bit in this household. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, guys, but if you haven't noticed, we're big fans on this podcast of the Avid Brothers. Avitz, if you're listening, we'd love to come down to North Carolina, hang out with you guys. Maybe we can do a little jam session. You know, Luke can, Luke can pick up the banjo. I can pick the up the, the six string and we can play a little bit. <laughs> Holly has a lovely singing voice. Maybe she could do some singing. Holly, why don't you share the voice with the world now? <laughs> no. But I did tell okay. Michael earlier that I think I'm going to make a really big purchase. I'm going to buy a harp. Oh, wow. I don't understand the logic. <laughs> she showed me this chick playing harp, and it was amazing. And she's like, wow. Like one of the big ones? The, like the yeah. Horse? Hell yeah. It would be yeah. three times your Guys, size. Okay, listen. Yeah. Okay, my other 2021 <laughs> resolution is I want to learn how to play an instrument. And Michael said yeah. I can't learn how to play the fiddle because you have to start young. I, it's not that you can't. It's just one of those instruments where you, it, it, it's almost required that you start young. I've literally never met anyone that started violin I think after that's just elementary school. In general, with, with playing instruments, exactly. I, I picked up banjo, which was my first instrument, at like age 26, and I, I've never been very good, and I think that's part of it. <laughs> yeah but a lot of it's like dedication too right like i also picked up some stuff after and it's just like i can like play generally for it. it's not like pretty uh i can do rhythm guitar for you nothing else but uh the violin not bad 
I could fiddle around. Uh, I've been playing it since fourth grade, but yeah, it's it is since Holly's like okay, chump. <laughs> he says I can. I've been doing this since fourth grade. I have, folks. You don't believe he's been doing this since fourth. Grade. Okay, I'm gonna call up mom. <laughs> And she can confirm it. Mama! Call your mom right now. How long I've been fiddling? <laughs> no, my she mom isn't. In, you know, she that would be so here. funny. You oh. should call her. Just say, Mom, real quick question for the podcast. Mom, Rose, listen. Yeah, we no, gotta know. No need to worry. You're live on the podcast. I got a question. It's not personal. Guys, I have to tell yeah. you, we're talking about resolutions. Uh, this gr- is, this is a great one. introduction. 11 minute introduction. Let's do it. Yeah. I have one more resolution okay. and I want to learn more words. Wow. <laughs> and then I'm going to use them on the podcast. That's great. Thank you. I th- yeah, why not? So I downloaded Words with Friends, and I play with my grandma and some strangers yeah. on the internet, and yeah. every day it pops up, and it's like, here's the word of the day, and some of those words I have never heard well, of. Well, let's just say, folks, grandma is kicking Ollie's ass right now, so uh, <laughs> way to go, granny, whooping it. Um, guys, w- welcome. Uh, you know, off to a hot start here in 2021. Um, a nice discussion last week. This week... Um, you know, I, I want to continue that ride of, of, of hope. And we do have some resolutions for the podcast. I'm not going to share them all now, but one of them is to have even more fun than we've been having. Okay. And it starts with doing our latest installment of hyperspace inquiries. I will just say that I am the most prepared for this uh, installment of hyperspace inquiries. I think Luke is going to probably think of a couple off the cuff. Holly, did you prepare for the inquiries? I have three questions. She has three, more than I have, actually. Okay. Oh, so who was the yeah. most prepared? You were the most prepared. I, 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 I stand corrected. They might not be good ones, but we'll see. That's okay. Guys, hyperspace inquiries are just a fun moment to just sit with your friends. You're going through hyperspace for a couple minutes. Ask fun questions. What, what are you dying to know from your closest friends when, you know, you may get an answer right before you die in the vacuum of space. You never know. You might hit a, a rogue asteroid in a hyperspace lane. You never know we know in the high republic that kind of stuff can happen so get those questions out ask ask folks there what what you've always wanted to ask them oh yeah people should send us the questions and we can read them on the podcast i think that's a fantastic idea holly thank you we we would be much more prepared then yeah Yeah. so email us your questions and we'll say them on the podcast okay well holly let's start with you then uh because okay. uh i will go to you and i gotta open my phone here to get my questions it's like i don't recognize your face canterbury um let's go to you first we'll go to me and then we'll give time for luke to uh do his question um so answer ask all your questions holly and okay. then i'll do all mine and if luke has some we'll do him or we'll you know shut down the hyperdrive okay well i have to um preface this with yeah. I wasn't sure what kind of questions to do, so I just picked them based off the Mandalorian. Oh, that's so okay. all of these are just like Mandalorian related that's okay. questions. Well, hold on. I got to prep the hyperdrive. I also disclosed that one of my questions may already be on the record of Flying Casual, but it's always good to just kind of revisit that record and make sure that we stand where we still stood. Or we don't. Nine months ago. Uh, but guys, I'm going to go ahead and prep the hyperdrive here and away... We go. Holly, first question. Okay. Question number one. You need a treat. Do you eat a suga or a live frog? Go. Oh, suga. Uh, Luke? Suga. Yes. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Okay, so that wasn't that complicated. Okay, question number two. Beskar spear or darksaber? Oh, darksaber for sure. Luke? 
Yeah, yeah, I gotta go dark saber. Oh, I went with the best car steal. Well, Spare. you're boring. <gasps> no. Okay, last question. Would you rather go into the cave of ice spiders or go into the cave of the crate dragon? Oh, crate dragon, hands down. I don't want anything to do with any kind of spider. <laughs> Iowish bog, frozen spiders. I don't give a shit. I don't want any part of it, Luke. It's a tough call because, like, the yeah, the ice spiders. There's so many of them, but they're not Ew. individually Ugh. as scary yeah. as the crate dragon to me. So I'm gonna lean, lean ice spiders. Yeah. yeah, I was ice spiders on this one too. I just feel like I would I would freeze in fear, not even cold, and and be paralyzed. It'd kill me all. Well, I think that my or problem is that I thought that I would be too good of friends with the crate dragon. I try to befriend it, and then it would eat me. So that's fair. Moving that's on. Fair. <laughs> Moving on to Michael's questions, guys. This may be the one that was on record, but we're gonna revisit again. Holly, uh -huh. <sighs> Star Wars or Lord of the Rings? Oh, uh, Lord of the Oh shoot, Star Wars. Oh wow, that feel like that just <laughs> hugely exposed. Uh, Luke, uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I'm having deja vu. I think this happened before. Uh, well, it's hey, not Wars, bad to go back Star on the Wars record. Podcast. <laughs> uh, you better hope it is. You better hope it is. Uh, yeah, Star Wars for me, emphatically, the only member of the podcast to say it. So glad we have on the record twice. Uh, for those of you who missed it, it was a prior episode long, long, long ago. Uh, Holly, if you're stranded on Octu with nothing else to eat, would you eat a porg? I would not. I'm a vegetarian. Thank you. I'm talking like there's nothing else to eat. No, like literally, not sand. You can't eat a leaf. Like, and the porg is your only survival. Or I understand. Or <laughs> yeah, or death. Look, porg or death? No, death. Death, Luke. Yeah, try porg. Yeah, I'd eat the shit out of the pork too. Do you guys not remember it? Okay. Oh, it's cool. Chewy with the porg. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do, but hey, you gotta survive, and I'm, I, uh, I, uh, I am, you know, I, I'm humbled by your, 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 your devotion to the, <laughs> the vegetarianism for, for not surviving. Hey, okay, you wanted yeah. conviction. Amen, amen. Luke, any, any questions that you're dying to ask and hiding for space as we come to our near destination? The only thing I've thought of is uh, the the PG version of it. I've learned from Thirty Rock is Mary Boff Kill. The boff being the PG version of this. Familiar with this concept? You I get three think people, so. mm -hmm. and you have to choose one to marry, one to fornicate with. That's the okay. boffing part. Okay. And one to kill. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I like this. This could go a lot of ways. Oh God. Anakin, Kylo, Luke. Oh jeez. Jesus. You first. Me? Yeah, you. Oh my God. So marry, screw, or kill. And it's Luke, Ben, and who else? He's a Kylo. Kylo. There's and a distinction. Who's the third one? Anakin. Oh God. Um, Jesus. I, I would probably marry Luke because I think he'd be devout, you know, to me. Um, I'd probably, I would probably bone, uh, you know, Probably bone Anakin for the power. Probably be a nice, vigorous bone. And then uh, Ben, I'd probably have to kill him because you can't trust him. Oh my God. Holly? Okay, first of all, no surprise, I would absolutely 100% kill Anakin. I thought you were going to say bone and marry him. And it's also okay. the word is boff. I would boff, boff yeah, Kylo sorry. and then I would marry Luke. I agree. Luke Skywalker yeah. just seems like good husband material. I, I could, yeah, uh, unless he's on Arc 2. I mean, then. yeah, hey, you know I, I lean more the Holly direction. No, it'd okay. be hard to turn down Kylo. So it'd be a good one, one night stand. And then, uh, yeah, Luke's really the one you settle down with for sure. 
True. I just feel like if you buff Anakin, he's going to start having dreams about you, and then well, he's going to kill you before you can kill him. Great point. Maybe if you want it to be over with quickly and you don't want to actually stay in the relationship, he just kills you. Maybe that's how it works. God, he's like that creepy, possessive boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. That's cr- I, I love not- I love that question, guys. We're coming out of hyperspace, so we'll... Uh, We've reached our destination now, but that was a fun one that I thought I love the question because like, you know, I just that that makes you think I never typically think about who I would marry or or boff in Star Wars. So that's a I really thought you were just going to say it makes you think. And then you said, I never typically think. And I thought you were just going to leave it at that. Well, yeah, (laughs) probably should have. But uh, I know who I want to kill in Star Wars, but not the other two. I haven't really put much thought to it. That's her. Um, guys, we are talking about, uh, the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, coming to Disney plus sometime in the near future, what 2022 or something like that at this point, we're not really sure. Um, but there was an interview the past couple of days that's got some people talking. I, I think it's been mentioned, you know, in prior discussions and not, not much in detail. Um, but Liam Neeson had a discussion with uh, Collider the other day. They were talking uh, to him for his upcoming movie, The Marksman, which, no, we're not talking about The Marksman here. But uh, Collider asked uh, Liam Neeson, um, with the information we have with the upcoming Obi-Wan series, uh, they asked him whether he'd reprise his role as Qui-Gon in this upcoming series. And Liam simply smiled and said, sure, I'd be up for that, yeah. Now, Holly, it seems like it makes sense. We're, we're, we're tapping into our, 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 our beloved actors from the prequel trilogy here with, with Hayden uh, and, and Ewan. Um, so why not bring back this Jedi Master who has this newfound knowledge of the Force and in this netherworld, and he's still learning as he goes, but why not bring him back? He, I mean, simply even maybe for his voice, right? Like... So my question is, is he coming back? Is this is this Liam being just, you know, kind of subtle and, yeah, and I'm keeping my mouth shut? They, that's all they said in the article. They didn't go into any detail, any further detail about it. Didn't ask for anything concrete. But is it going to happen, Holly? I don't know. I okay. can say that I would like for it to happen. I also really, really like Qui-Gon. Yeah. Qui-Gon's like one of my favorites. Yeah. So for me personally, I would love to believe that he would, even if it's just his voice, like you said, you know, he just can speak through the force to Obi-Wan. We don't even have to get into him actually appearing in front of Obi-Wan. Yeah. But I don't know if he will. Mm -hmm. I But I just, I feel like it would make sense based on what we know. I guess, well, it feels like Obi-Wan has been talking to Qui-Gon through the Force the entire time he's on Tatooine. Yeah. So I think it would make sense. Definitely. Because I think it would be hard to tell Obi-Wan's story without Qui-Gon being in it. So you're a fan. You're a fan of the idea. Yeah. Because I hope so, because that's what we're going to talk about. Luke, (laughs) what's the likelihood that Liam's coming back? I mean, it seems like if if, if the team's getting back together... I mean, why the hell not? Like, this is only a win for him, I, I would assume. Is, is, you think it's going to happen? I want it to happen for sure. Uh, and I think if this was a Filoni-involved series, it would be uh, no doubt, very little doubt that it will happen. Because when you look at 
uh, when you proposed this as a topic, I, I started going through like, where have we seen the ghosts yeah. of Qui-Gon in different areas? There's the deleted scene uh, from Revenge of the Sith where he communes with Yoda. Uh, and then there's there's episodes of the Clone Wars where he appears uh, in the Mortis arc in particular, and then in Yoda's arc in season six. He appears to Obi-Wan, he appears to Anakin, he appears to Yoda. Uh, so I would think like, yeah, if Filoni was doing this series, like he would definitely work it in. Filoni's not directly involved with this one. So I'm not going to make a guarantee, but I think it's still greater than 50% chance. And it, it just seems to work. It's a fantastic character that we unfortunately haven't had enough screen time with. I think, yeah. I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with that. Um, widely, widely admired character so i think yeah you got to bring him in and liam neeson i think it is game like he said he's game and i think he means it and so yeah i think i think you make it happen but shaded a little bit since it's not feloni but i think i think they'll get him in there yeah i am a huge fan of this idea i I mean i think we all got a little distracted by by hayden christensen coming back and we're like wait what like this changes so much like what does it change what could it possibly fix which is another discussion that we're going to have another day a lot a lot to talk about with this obi-wan series and i'd like to dig deep into it but we are we are focused on qui-gon here so i'm a, I'm a huge fan of the idea and like luke thinking about this reading this article i was like okay so let's go back to the material like luke mentioned some references in the clone wars we actually see Qui-Gon presenting himself to uh, uh in in the Mortis to, to in the Mortis arc there for for Qui or for Obi-Wan um and, and we 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 kind of have those references but we also have references in the Star Wars mainline from 2016 um we also have a couple stories that reference Qui-Gon in the first from a certain point of view book so i thought why not go to those stories and let's see what we know about the interactions that Qui-Gon and and, and Obi-Wan are having because it seems like that's what we're gonna get if if we know at the end of episode three Yoda says training for you I have on Tatooine from an old friend from an old master uh and he says Qui-Gon emphatically and we know that at the end shortly after the end of episode three that Yoda and Obi-Wan did some training to learn those initial phases of what Qui-Gon went through. Maybe not necessarily kind of transforming, you know, themselves physically um, in, in the world after death, but but going into that netherworld of the Force and being able to communicate. Um, we know that that's something that they did pretty early on. And other things that we know with this Obi-Wan series is that it's taking place 10 years after the events of episode three. So we've got some material around that time. We don't necessarily know the actual year, uh, but in the 2016 line, we have some interactions with a younger, I would say a younger, not very great Obi-Wan on Tatooine and things he's doing there and some mild interactions with Qui-Gon there. But the biggest interactions we get are from Star Wars from a certain point of view, the first release of from a certain point of view. And it was a story written by Claudia Gray. And so I I think it's some of the most telling stuff. Um, We are going to kind of reference the comic books here in a bit, but I think this is some of the most telling stuff about 
Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's interactions over the years, because they kind of highlight some of it. Um, but this moment here that we're going to talk about actually takes place in Episode 4. They're on Tatooine. The Jawas have just been killed. Luke realizes, well, if they've traced the droids back to here, then they've definitely traced them back home. And he runs off. And Obi-Wan in this moment, after this happens, calls out to Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon calls back. And <clears throat> he, rel he, he realizes that Qui-Gon, or that Obi-Wan, is a little scared right now. And he even tells him, you're afraid. Um, and Qui-Gon says, he knows why. The events taking place around them are clearer to him than they are to Obi-Wan. You seek your center. You need balance. So, so this moment, Obi-Wan's kind of calling out to him. It seems like it's probably something that he's done, you know, these past 10 years or more. Um, and so Obi-Wan's a little scared because this is the moment that he's been waiting for for a really long time. And Qui-Gon proceeds to compliment Obi-Wan for his time here on Tatooine. And he says, uh, let's see. Anyone can fight, give it a weapon, an enemy. Anyone can use a lightsaber, given due training or even good luck. But to stand and wait, to have so much patience and fortitude, that, Obi-Wan, is a greater achievement than you know. Few could have accomplished it. Few, fewer still could have done so without turning to darkness. Sometimes when Qui-Gon considers it, he is awed by his student's steadfastness. Every person Qui-Gon ever truly loved, Anakin, Satine, Padme, and Qui-Gon himself, came to a terrible end. Three of them died before his eyes. The other fell to a fate so bleak that death would have been a gift. The Jedi Order that provided the entire framework for Obi-Wan's life was consumed by betrayal and slaughter. Every step of this long, unfulfilling journey is one Obi-Wan had to take alone, and yet he never faltered. As the rest of the galaxy burned, his path remained true. It is the kind of victory that most people never recognize, and yet the bedrock all goodness is built upon. So he is really complimenting Obi-Wan on his mission here. It's one of the best things he's ever done. People, I mean, in circumstances like his, we've seen people fail. Anakin, very similar circumstance, failed. But he says even Obi-Wan doesn't see it. And Obi-Wan responds, you see me in a kinder light than most would, old friend. Qui-Gon says, I owe you that after all. I'm the one who failed you. Failed me? This is one of the biggest revelations, I think, from one of the biggest from this story. Is, is, uh, it says here, they have never spoken of this. Not once in all Qui-Gon's journeys into the mortal realm to commune with him. This is primarily because Qui-Gon thought his mistake so wretched, so obvious, that Obi-Wan had wanted to spare him any discussion of it. Yet here, too, he has failed to do his Padawan justice. Luke, I, I find it hard to believe that for over a decade, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have been commuting, but haven't really talked about what's happened in the past. They, they, all of the failures that both of them have kind of gone through and experienced is, is, is nothing that they've talked about. We know that's a huge revelation that Obi-Wan or that uh, Luke has in the future. Um, but in this kind of netherworld of the force, it says in the story that, that Qui-Gon can, you know, 
obviously sees more than the, than the mortal folks do at this point, can see further into the future, has more perspective. But something that they never talked about for this failure that they both experienced, are, are you surprised by that? I don't know. Uh, that's not a great answer. I think it's a loaded it, question. Yeah. And, and when I approach that story, it's a fantastic story. Um, but I think things like from a certain point of view in the canon are, I think, the most likely, other than like comics, uh, to maybe be overwritten on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, so this was an amazing uh, example of the way that Qui-Gon as a Force Ghost can be used and that Claudia Gray wrote beautifully. And I think yeah. is probably the best, the best story in that uh, from a certain point of view, in Absolutely. my opinion. Uh, but I, I see it more as like a, a guidepost of what that might be on, on the screen, that interaction rather than, uh, a hard and fast rule about what did or didn't happen between the two of them. So I could easily see that sort of being overwritten in the Kenobi series, which is taking place before episode four. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to me if they were commuting regularly, throughout this time that that would this sort of thing wouldn't have come up i think it's just powerful for this story but i think uh something that will easily be uh overwritten uh because you you have to have if you have qui-gon in the kenobi series they have to talk about the biggest issues they've both faced or else it's like what are they just talking about uh the weather or like uh yeah. it's still uh still pretty dry here on tatooine hey obi-wan yeah that's what I was, I was thinking too. Like I, he, he, he learns pretty quickly how to kind of, uh, kind of become one with the force like Qui-Gon has. And, and Qui-Gon states throughout here, like there's more, there's more to it. You know, it takes years to kind of like, even in old age and death, there's still so much to learn. Um, so there's so much training to still hold, but you're right. Like I'm, I find it hard to believe that this is a topic that never came up, but I, I but then again, I, the fact that, that, that Qui-Gon has been watching Obi-Wan go through this and just being alone and having experienced all these things, maybe he's just kind of doing him a favor by not saying, you know what, I failed and you failed. Um, maybe, maybe that's it. Holly, maybe he's trying to just have a little remorse for the guys on this desert planet. Um, and maybe in due time, he'll kind of learn what he needs, but it is a little odd, right? Yeah. I don't know. I've read this story twice tonight. I, I feel like this is in this story. This is a different Obi-Wan than the Obi-Wan that we may see in um, the Obi-Wan series, I just, I think earlier, Michael, I was even saying that to you, this, I don't know, this just doesn't feel like the Obi-Wan that I would see in the series. Really? Why? Oh, I don't know. Because it's not like the super dark and depressed Obi-Wan. Yeah. I mean, we did, and that's, that's, you were mentioning, um, sorry, I'm kind of scrolling through the book while you guys are talking. You were mentioning, because we read time of death by Kevin scott several months back that short story of obi-wan's final moments and you're right there was a lot of darkness there there was he mentions he's like i can feel the darkness like 
there, there's temptation there. There's there's confusion there. He he calls out to his masters and says, you didn't prepare me for this. So you're right, just because this is hours, likely hours before that. It kind of does at times seem like some two different characters. Um, so I can totally see what you're saying. And even in the comics, so so I had Holly read some of the um, some of the 2016 mainline to just kind of see what Obi-Wan's going through probably around the time period that that we'll be seeing in the show. And he seems funny at times. There is some darkness and he's like, God, I'm I have nothing to do here. And he'll talk to Qui-Gon a little bit, but I've got nothing to do here. But in the end, after he, you know, he kind of he kind of realizes, yeah, I'm kind of stuck here, but that doesn't mean I can't be a Jedi. I can't go out and flaunt my laser sword, but like I can still do good. And he does so, so through small actions yeah. and saving other people. Yeah. But and I think that there, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for the style of writing and dialogue that's in comics versus the you know dialogue and writing that we get in short stories, and then again that kind of writing that we see in TV shows. So the writing, they all have different purposes and. I think that's something that we need to keep in mind when, especially when the Obi-Wan series comes out, I feel like it's going to be very hard to like say what I just said, where it's, you know, oh, this version of Obi-Wan at the same time in the comics is so different than the Obi-Wan that we get in the TV show, but we're getting more depth to the character. At least I hope we're getting more depth to the character in the TV show. Yeah. And so I guess I would like to see more of these interactions to bring it back to Qui-Gon. I would like to see more of these conversations that he's having with Qui-Gon. And like Luke was saying earlier, it would make sense to see more of that happening because I think that there's a lot of discovery. And in these stories, Qui-Gon mentions, you know, Obi-Wan still has so much to learn and Obi-Wan's kind of struggling with that. Qui-Gon even still calls him Padawan because he recognizes, you know, there's so much more that he has to learn. And even though he's almost at the end of his physical life, it still goes on after that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, 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 I totally, I totally love what you guys are saying. And it's, there's just so much good stuff in this story. I'm kind of, I love that Claudia Gray wrote this and it gives us some insight, but I'm like, did you have any idea that you wanted to do Obi-Wan show? Because if you did, maybe we shouldn't have got this. Maybe we should have waited. And, and like Luke said, they also to write a short story like this, you have to kind of have some big moments for these to have really any meaning behind them. And, but that's why I like them so much because they are short. They're kind of to the point, but they have really large and just good depth to them to where it makes it interesting in six pages. And in six pages, I mean, yeah. you do feel for all these characters yeah. for different reasons. And, you know, you get some feelings that you wouldn't have gotten from the movies, which I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, these are things that you wouldn't. And it's generating such a good discussion. You know, I mean, yeah. we read the story. It's six pages long. The time of death or whatever that other story is, oh, is it much awesome. longer? Yeah. And I mean, it can generate a 45 minute discussion just in those six pages. So I think there's a lot to be said about that, too. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I have some questions here that I'm going to pose to these guys in a moment, but I, I want to read for you some more of this because it's guys, I'm telling you, if you, if you haven't picked this up, it, it's, it's epic. Um, and I love these short stories. That's why I love comics so much. I love these as well. Um, but Qui-Gon goes on to tell him, so they're fleshing this out. It's like, let's talk about this. Cause you know, I know that you're going to die. I mean, he doesn't say that, but, but Qui-Gon foresees Obi-Wan's death coming soon. 
And so maybe that kind of vision and that, and that feelings kind of moved him to in this moment, just be like, we gotta, we gotta talk about, like, these are things that we need to talk about. But he says, you weren't ready to be a Jedi master. Qui-Gon admits you hadn't even been knighted when I forced you to promise to train Anakin teaching a student so powerful, so old, so unused to our ways that might've been beyond the reach of the greatest of us, which is, I mean, that's, you're putting a lot on Obi-Wan's Obi shoulders. <laughs> To lay that burden at your feet when you were hardly more than a boy. And Obi-Wan responds, Anakin became a Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan interjects, a thread of steel in his voice. He served valiantly in the Clone Wars. His fall to darkness was more his choice than anyone else's failure. Yes, I bear some responsibility, and perhaps you do too. But Anakin had the training and the wisdom to choose a better path. He did not. I, I think it's just such a freaking telling moment there. Um, and I think, I don't know. I, I think, I think we could see this play out in, in, in the show. And I've talked about this before. I want to see Obi-Wan in a dark place. I want to see him contemplating with what he's done. Um, and, and maybe here we see some kind of resolution after going through that and saying, you know what? I did all I can do. And maybe it's this new hope. Maybe it is this Luke Skywalker that I've been watching. That's allowing him to get to that point. Maybe it took Luke taking the first steps to say, you know what? I've accepted that I had some problems, but ultimately it was Anakin's failure. Um, and so I'm interested. Luke, <laughs> there's no mention of Vader here, just Anakin's fall. So, I, I can only imagine Obi-Wan finding this out and, and then talking to Qui-Gon about this. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine really how this is going to go because I, I feel like Qui-Gon has to know at this point who, who Vader is. He has to. Um, but Obi-Wan obviously does as well. He tells Luke who he is. But um, what, what, do, what do you think that moment's like, man? Is 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 this what absolutely turn is learning that Anakin survived as Darth Vader? Is this what's going to kind of lead Obi-Wan to say, you know what? I did all I could. This is what he's become. <laughs> this, this treacherous, you know, being the, the hand of the emperor, this is what he's become. I, there's no, nobody could have saved him. Like, could it be him learning that Anakin has become Darth Vader um, or that he survived? I guess I should say, could that be what kind of helps, Obi-Wan kind of cope with this. I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but it that strikes me as something really powerful to see uh, on screen that the because he Obi-Wan presumably walks away from the lava shore in, in Revenge of the Sith thinking Anakin's going to perish. Uh he doesn't have the heart to really finish the job, but I think he believes he's not going to come out of it in that moment when yeah. he walks away. So when does he learn, though? Because this series, from what it's been told, will take place around 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So it seems like that's maybe too long for him to have not known. But maybe yeah. we'll get some kind of flashback to when he learns that, oh, wait, no, Anakin did survive, and here's what he's become. That's, that's a really powerful moment that I hope, I hope to see in some form or another in the series. And like talk about Obi-Wan's mental state it's amazing he's not completely mad by the time of A New Hope. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully it's, uh, it, it's Qui-Gon who's helped him through it and not <laughs> communing with Qui-Gon throughout this time period has hopefully kept him a little sane. And I hope that he has some connection with Yoda still, even though they're not in the same physical location, because that seems really important to me because of all the characters in Star Wars, Obi-Wan uh, may only be rivaled by Leia in terms of the amount of tragedy yeah. that they that befalls them uh when you think of yeah the the death of his master the death of his love in satine the fall of his padawan it's just the death of his good friend padme one after the other like i think only leia with the destruction of her entire planet and and losing her husband and her son to the dark side you know can rival that that a level of suffering in the story uh, so uh, it's amazing. He's not just a complete lunatic <laughs> by the time of a new hope. And like, yeah, not, not even only that, but then he goes and he isolates himself mm-hmm. on Tatooine. He wants to be involved with Luke and he consistently is telling himself, I have nothing to do. I should yeah. be training this boy. Yeah. And he watches him from afar Mm -hmm. and he intervenes when he can and he does things for Luke until, you know, Owen tells him, don't do that. Stay Mm -hmm. away from us. You're crazy. Like you're going to turn him to the dark side or whatever he's telling him. Everyone pretty much around you dies. Yeah. Like stay away from our family, stay away from this child. And Luke is almost the only thing that Obi-Wan has left and he can't even be around him. I mean, it's tragic. He, refers to him as crazy old Ben, right? And so you see him, Ben Kenobi, aging in the desert by himself. Seemingly, if you walked by and you saw him meditating outside, this crazy old man's talking to himself. Mm -hmm. Really, he's having conversations with Qui-Gon, but he's always talking to Qui-Gon. Whether Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon is talking back or not, we don't know. But in the comics and these stories, he's constantly having these conversations and reaching out to Qui-Gon and just talking yeah. Even if it's just like, I'm walking through the desert, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find some water. I found this dark melon that has milk in it. Like whatever it is, like he's always narrating what he's doing to Qui-Gon yeah. and that can come across as crazy. So I guess to some people, like it might be true, like crazy old Ben, like he truly is crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what his uncle led him to believe. And, and even I, I'll try to see if I can get to it here in a second, but, but, uh, Obi-Wan even explains to to Qui-Gon that he hasn't, you know, told Luke about his father and who he is. And Qui-Gon's like, yeah, you made the right decision. He he would reject you if you you just got to know this kid. If you would have if you would have thrown all this on him, he would have thought you were crazy. He would have you would have lived up to his expectations. He everything that everyone would have told you about crazy Ben Kenobi would have just been solidified there in that moment. So it's it's cool that he's telling that to, to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon's reassuring him, you made the right decision. Like I've seen the future. I've seen I've seen Luke's somewhat of Luke's future. He doesn't go into detail, but that there is there is more for him, that this isn't the end. That when he goes and you know tries to see if aunt peru and 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 uncle owen are okay that he's going to survive that and and he has a future um and and, yeah i think i think a lot of obi-wan's like yeah because he's been through so much and then you know you're going he even makes a joke 
uh, in one of the the mainline comics. He's out, you know, walking in the dune sea, just save somebody or something. He's like, why couldn't we have been, you know, why couldn't we have been sent to a to hide on a planet that has just like hot springs or something? Like this is ridiculous. Like he's really funny, and and I think that's a that's a difference you're gonna see. We see it in the comics, you know, it, it, the, 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 the art of the comics makes it look like it's around 10 years after that. That's around the time period that we're going to see. And he is a little more optimistic. Like I said, in every issue, he's just kind of like, there's not much to do here, but then he ends up saving Jawas or, um, doing these little, like, like saving, um, people from being taxed by, by Jabba the Hutt. Like he does these things, which we'll talk about in later episodes, but um he seems to kind of rise up to the occasion and then in the end it kind of shows obi-wan lightness laser sword being like but i'm still a jedi like i still have hope and seeing luke skywalker like gives me that hope but what really turns obi-wan to this kind of this he, he he's been living a hermit's life but in the beginning he he kind of says like i don't know how to be a jedi like anymore i don't I've been a hermit longer than I have a Jedi. I don't know how to be that anymore. And and Qui-Gon's understanding is like, you've adapted. You've had to survive. Um, but I think it is a testament to Qui-Gon being there. And for so many years, I've wondered, like, what, what led Qui-Gon to want to learn this power, you know? Like, he he's always been curious about other aspects of the force that that the jedi that we know really weren't and so obviously that's kind of led him to this path of becoming one with this like netherworld of the force but to then like be able to like commune in, in the in, in the flesh almost he, he he calls it like he he can almost feel when he presents himself like his flesh wrapping around bones and he can smell the burning of the jawas like he is interacting with his environments he's nodding like he does these things and he does them knowingly but what pushed him to kind of do that? And it was the love of Obi-Wan. And because uh, because uh, Obi-Wan uh, mentions to him, he's like, you're like, he looks differently than he's ever seen him. He says, you're you're very nearly corporeal. I've never seen you appear like this. Obi-Wan says, it's a matter of learning to both claim the physical world and detach oneself from it, Qui-Gon says. He had not struggled towards that goal at first. Only after Anakin's fall did he push himself to emerge fully. It was the work of very, of very nearly a decade. This he did for Obi-Wan. At least his Padawan did not have to spend his years in the desert entirely alone. It is sad as shit, and I love it. But he did it for Obi-Wan. Just that he did not want Obi. Maybe Obi Wan is responding in those comics more, or maybe he's just now he's seeing what Obi Wan's going through. Right? Maybe at first, those first couple years, Obi Wan's doing fine. I, I, it's gonna be good. There's, there's, this is my training. I need to learn these things. But then Qui Gon says it's not enough. <laughs> he, he's gonna need me. I, I, I feel so bad that I didn't get to finish his training. That I put this burden on him. He can't be alone. Obi-Wan is our last hope. He doesn't say that. But I mean if if Obi-Wan fails, there is there is no Star Wars. There is I mean Obi-Wan, no he's our only hope. He is our only hope. <laughs> it, it's it's insane. So there's another moment if we if we turn to text. 
this is this is one of the questions I have. Um, but I turned I turned to the text to see if I could find something about this. Um, but in 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 issue fifteen of the twenty sixteen Star Wars mainline, um, Obi Wan is sitting cross legged in the sand, about to save some Jawas from a, a raid of uh, Tusken Raiders. Um, but he speaks to Qui Gon and he says, "There's still hope, Master Qui Gon." You thought Anakin was the chosen one. Perhaps in a way he was. If his son shows the same abilities, then just maybe... Dot, dot, dot. He doesn't finish his thought. So there's these little moments of discussion with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in these comics, and and, and I'm glad they kind of left this open-ended because this is the time period uh, where where Obi-Wan's out saving Jawas, he's saving, you know, Tatooine villagers from from uh, insane, you know, uh, gangsters from Jabba. Um, he's kind of this unknown hero here in the Dune Sea uh, on Tatooine um, fighting crime uh, without a lightsaber. He, he, he wields it every once in a while, but uh, every once in a while he'll talk to Qui-Gon. And I thought this was so fascinating because my question, guys, is could Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus discuss this idea of the prophecy? It was such a prevalent part of their interactions in the prequel, I should say the Phantom Menace, and in the prequel trilogy throughout. I mean, Anakin being the chosen one. But Qui-Gon was emphatic that Anakin was the chosen one but you see in this time period where obi-wan is likely going to be in the show asking obi-wan okay maybe you're right from a certain point of view but what if it's actually luke luke elder are they gonna have a conversation about i mean especially knowing that hayden christensen as darth vader is gonna be in this this has to be addressed right yeah it's, it's a good point because i rewatched some of the scenes from the Mortis arc. And when, when Obi-Wan sees Qui-Gon on Mortis, Qui-Gon brings up the fact that uh, he's the chosen one, that Anakin's the chosen yeah. one in that moment. Yeah. And that's pre, pre-fall. Yeah. Uh, and, and in that Mortis episode, though, Obi-Wan says, yeah, he's, he, he's so powerful, but he still struggles to find balance. Yeah. And, and Qui-Gon says, oh, this is a, you know, Mortis is a dangerous place for him to be. Yeah, if he can't find the balance. Um, so Qui Gon knows Qui Gon knows a good sort of tip either way. Yeah. So I don't think it will come as as a complete shock to him that uh, at some point or another Qui- that Anakin is consumed by the dark side. But I, I imagine that Qui Gon will have more hope than Obi Wan does, even. Yeah. Because we know by the time of uh, Return of the Jedi, Obi Wan. And we've talked about this. Obi Obi Wan says, "No, you have to kill him. That's the only way." That's what he tells Luke. Yeah, uh, but Qui Gon seems like he's going to maintain faith in in the Chosen One prophecy, and that Anakin is the one to me. And it'll be yeah, maybe a, a source of tension between the two of them, um, because Obi Wan, I think, it, it's clear that he at at least by the time of the original trilogy and, and maybe he, he works towards that over time that, yeah, there is no, there is no hope. And maybe it takes the second encounter with Vader for any little bit last, last bit of hope that he has to go away. So maybe, maybe he'll still have some in this series. And then we get the second encounter that they've, they've teased is coming. And then it's really, really killed off <laughs> at that yeah. point. 
I think some contention between master and apprentice here would be welcome. And I think it makes sense. We know from Claudia Gray's novel, Master and Apprentice, these guys butted heads a lot. You see it a little bit in The Phantom Menace, but they don't just exactly see eye to eye. A lot of, you know, what Qui-Gon kind of spouts, even the council didn't really see eye to eye. That's why he doesn't, why he's not on the council. He's a master, but he's not on the council. So, Holly, are we going to get a discussion about the prophecy? Could Star Wars go as far as to say that maybe Anakin wasn't the chosen one? Maybe it is a source of contention where Qui-Gon says, have faith. You have to, this is, I've, I've seen it. And maybe Obi-Wan's been there on that hell planet. Maybe he learns that Anakin is this, you know, he has survived as Darth Vader. And he says, no, it's impossible. He didn't even die, but look at him now. He still serves the Emperor, and he has for years. He's not the chosen. He's gone. It would make sense for them to maybe not see eye to eye on that, and maybe that's why here Obi-Wan is trying to convince him, hey, you know what? Maybe your interpretation was wrong. Maybe it's his son, and maybe through the Force and through Anakin, he's brought us Luke. Holly, could, could there be some contention? Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Then please get them out (laughs) on the podcast. Thank you. Um, First of all, I understand that George Lucas came out and said that Anakin is the chosen one, but I also understand that there's a lot of stuff that's happened in canon since then that makes that questionable. And so personally, this is just me, and I've said this before, and people didn't agree with me, and that's fine. But I actually don't think that Anakin is necessarily the chosen one. Yeah. So something that kind of struck me in some of the comics that we read about the Obi-Wan, about Obi-Wan and the the mainline ones that we read, is there's a moment where he's thinking to himself about how he doesn't know how to be a Jedi anymore. And he makes a comment about how he's the last of his kind. He's the last Jedi. And Mm. then he starts going into thinking about all this stuff with Luke and we hear this conversation between between him and Qui-Gon about, you know, Anakin, the chosen one, but maybe Luke has this role to play in this as well. And Anakin was the chosen one, but maybe for a different reason. And it just like really made me think it could be totally coincidental, but to me, it just makes it even more beautiful that we have the last Jedi where it's Luke, because Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, that's what Obi-Wan was thinking when he was on Tatooine is that Obi-Wan was the last Jedi. Yeah. I don't know. I just, there's something about that that seems kind of poetic to me. Um, But I also was wondering like how far into the future I want to know, can Qui-Gon see? Because he sees Obi-Wan's death I am inclined to believe that he also knows that Anakin turned into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. We know from reading that time of the Kevin Scott short in this that Obi-Wan foresaw some of the events in the sequel trilogy he where he saw Han Solo falling. He saw, I believe Kevin Scott was describing um, when Leia reached out to Ben or Kylo to turn Ben back to the light and he saw her collapsing. And so I just, 
am curious, even if Qui-Gon would have shared, he, we know that he didn't share any of Obi-Wan's fate with Obi-Wan, but I just like wonder if there was anything else that he knew that he would have shared with Obi-Wan or if that he can't do that because that could have potentially impacted and changed fate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are there restrictions in the netherworld? Are you not allowed to say certain things? But I think you're right. It's, I don't want to influence this person because the future is always in motion. It's not always as it seems. We can use bits and pieces of what we see to kind of make decisions off of that. But to tell someone definitively this is what's going to happen could ultimately change that destiny. I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, and that's something that we saw happen with Anakin. He gets stuck in this self-fulfilling prophecy where he was so terrified of this dream that he had. He had the dream about his mom. He had the dreams about Padme that he kind of made those things. Well, not so much his mom, but yeah. he made it come true. Him losing Padme. It just wasn't exactly the way that was in his dream. And so we've seen what happens when you can kind of see visions of the future and then act on that to stop it. How it's kind of like, I don't know how much it actually changes the outcome, Yeah, but I just, on one hand, I feel like we have to see them having a conversation about the prophecy. But then on the other hand, I'm like, will they be able to or is Qui-Gon thinking maybe we can't do that because that could change the actions that Obi-Wan takes and it could change like his destiny or other people's destinies and can we have that happen yeah absolutely I I I love what you were talking about when you're talking about you know Obi-Wan feeling like he was the last of the Jedi um I think one thing that could really cause him to believe that Luke is the chosen one and believe it emphatically is that this is Qui-Gon's last mission. You know, this is, or this is Obi-Wan's last mission. Sorry. I'm looking over the, 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 the offspring of the chosen one, so to speak, and he's gone. And I think that, I think he really believes Anakin's gone at this point. So that I, I think he's kind of forcing himself to think this is my last mission. This is all I have. <laughs> this is all we have collectively, the universe that needs saving, but this is also all I have. <laughs> Who am I going to pass this on to? This kid is showing everything. You know, he looks, he flies, he does all these things like his father. He has to be the chosen one. This is destiny. I am here for a reason. There's a point of contention with Yoda and Obi-Wan in this very book of who is actually kind of the chosen one. Is it Yoda believes Leia's the one who should be trained? Yeah, there is another. There's another. They're communing somehow, too. Are we going to see that? I, I mean, how is that happening? There's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. So, you know... There's some contention there between him and Yoda that, you know, Yoda thinks that, that, you know, Luke isn't ready, that he's clumsy, that he's, you know, this and that. But Leia is. But something, I mean, Obi-Wan is emphatic that Luke is the chosen one. I am here to train him. This is going to happen. And now the moment's come and he's terrified. <laughs> and he needs Qui-Gon there to kind of, just remind him why he's why he's doing this, and 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 it's just it's incredible. I I, I have no idea. Let, let me make some bold predictions. And they're not that bold. 
But I think you're going to see not an optimistic Obi-Wan in the beginning of this series, but you're going to see that Obi-Wan's joking around. That, you know, he can still crack a couple jokes when he's fighting Tusken Raiders. It's actually really funny. The dialogue that he has with some of these people, it's hilarious. He fights a, a Wookiee bounty hunter. Oh, he's yeah, cracking that, jokes. That was it's hysterical. <laughs> so I think you're going to see him fighting some crime. We'll see, we, we could see Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> like, I mean, they have a set that they're using for the Book of Boba Fett. And they could probably do it here, too. Um, I think you're going to see that kind of, you know, there's still some hope. It even says it here. But Qui-Gon, there's still hope. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? What, what, what's Qui-Gon telling him that maybe he has to say, there's still hope, Master? Is Qui-Gon maybe professing some darkness? I don't know. But we have a kind of a hopeful Obi-Wan. I wouldn't even be surprised if time passes or we are really in a moment here in a climax where, you know, Obi-Wan knows his mission. He's doing the right thing. He's staying low. Owen's told him to F off. Like, you can't have contact with Luke. Well, I'm going to stay in the shadows and do some things cool. I'm commuting with, with Qui-Gon. I'm training. Boom. Somehow he finds out Vader is still around. And then I think that is where you're going to see a switch. And a lot of what we read in, in the From a Certain Point of View book is going to make a lot of sense. Questioning, what am I doing? Like, who is the chosen one? Like, and, and, and that's when, you know, Qui-Gon comes in. It's like, we got to talk. Yeah, we, we've had some failures. Like, um, but I, I don't know. What, Holly, what do you think? Is this, is this just going to be a depressed Obi-Wan that, you know, is just this hermit who's, you know, fighting thoughts of Anakin and his, and his, and his, uh, his failures? Or could we see us a, a switch here? Maybe some new information. And then we kind of have a different Obi-Wan. Well, I don't think that we can just see a depressed Obi-Wan who's like yeah. resigned to his yeah. life here in isolation. Mm -hmm. um, I think we know like there always has to be some message. Mm -hmm. So there's something good that's going to come from the show other than us getting like the cast of our dreams. Yeah. Fine. But I do hope that we get some insight from Qui-Gon. And this is just me. I'm kind of hoping that we at least get some references to Maul, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I truly don't feel like I have enough information about the show other than when it's set to really say, like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So I just know the things that I hope I see, and I'll go from there. Luke, how about you? I mean, what what what's what's this roller coaster that we're gonna go on? Uh, a bold prediction from you. Oh, a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I really don't know that I have any more. Uh, it's still so far away, isn't it? Like it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought we'd focus on Qui Gon and just kind of see. But now I now I gotta know because I feel. I, it feels like Qui-Gon could be a game changer here. Like, who is going to tell Obi-Wan that Vader's still out there? Um, I feel like that could flip a switch. Yeah, th this time period is so rich with possibilities of, of characters. And not every character can show up in every 
yeah. every show, right? But that's that's sort of the main thing we love to speculate about is who will show up, who will show up. And and uh, you know, season two of Mandalorian gave us so much of that that you you can't help but do it again and, and do it with Cassian and do it with, with everything. So they, that's always the question is who what what connections will, will there be in these in these series? And I know some people will say like oh it gets old if you just keep having like these cameos from these different characters uh over and over again, even if it's not the same character, but just that the fact that you have so many different ones. Um but again I think if they do it if they do it well, which so far they have in the Disney Plus era of things, you know, pulled off the Bo-Katan and, and Ahsoka and Luke, I think, really well. So as long as done it with care and for the right purpose, I think it works. So I'm open to whoever they can bring in as long as it, it makes sense for the story that they're telling uh, and, it, and it's handled with care and that you're not using these characters in a frivolous way as a, like a... Uh, a cameo in an Austin Powers movie, you know, <laughs> uh, which I love, but it's a totally different thing. Uh, so yeah, just keep, keep bringing the characters in, keep making the connections that it rewards us fans. And, and as long as it's not done in a silly way or n- insignificant way, then, and then I think it, it works. And, and so keep going for it. So I, I'm open for all those. I don't know who and when and where, but just bring it on. That's fair. I, uh, guys, we, we would really like to see Qui-Gon. How? Maybe not in the flesh, depending on kind of, you know, timeline where we are, but you, you might hear an, uh, 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 a beautiful Liam Neeson, you know, and his voice or however he's presenting himself. But we've got, you know, a surprising amount of, of history here, um, in this time period. So I really encourage you go check out. Uh, the the journals of Ben Kenobi that are kind of um, thrown into several issues of the 2016 Star Wars mainline, so you have an idea uh, of what old Ben Kenobi's doing on Tatooine. You know, we, we've kind of talked about it a little bit here, but kind of read it for yourself, and then so you have an idea of what we might be getting into, and then then pick up those stories from from Kevin Scott and Claudia Gray in the From a Certain Point of View book, and get a get a later idea of uh, could we go right up to that point? I mean, would could we have Ewan playing, you know, an Alec Guinness like character? Could some time pass? I, I think you could see a huge jump in time at the end. Um, I really do. Um, but what, what, what kind of interactions are we going to see with, with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon? It's, it was a fascinating relationship to begin with, but a relationship that was, that was cut short. And both of them had changed so much. When they meet again, Qui-Gon and, and this other, in this netherworld of the Force learning things that no one else has. And then Obi-Wan, having gone through so much, bearing the burden of the literal galaxy. In my eyes, Obi-Wan is very much like Superman. You just see him, the weight of the world on his shoulders, and that's that's what I want to see. But a fascinating story from Claudia Gray about uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon kind of coming to terms with that and discussing the past and those failures that we see Jedi learning far too late. It's far too late for them to learn about failure and how you need to pass on what you've learned. Um, it's, it's obviously an arc and a story for Luke Skywalker um, and how the Jedi will be reborn and, and hopefully they'll pass on that message. But 
Um, so, sometimes it's too little too late. Um, but, but like we talked about here, it would be nice to kind of see that kind of fleshed out and played out over time in, in this, in this, uh, in this, um, Kenobi series that we're going to get. So if they have to kind of change things a little bit here, um, from what is a piece of Canon, as far as we know, from a certain point of view is we got to change it up a little bit to make it an interesting, um, perspective on those interactions between the two. I'm down, but I want to know what you think. What What do you want from uh, from from Qui Gon out of this? If he's going to be in it, um, how much? I mean, is it going to be too much if we have also Vader and 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 how does Vader's introduction here change this relationship? Like Luke said, could it be contentious? Um, you know, if if Qui Gon still believes he's the chosen one, and Luke's like that guy. The guy, Obi-Wan's like, that guy, the one who's in the, the machine? No, he's lost. There's no coming back for him. His son is who we need to protect. He's the chosen one. And maybe maybe there's a disagreement there. You know, maybe maybe they don't talk to each other for a while. It doesn't seem like Luke and Yoda had talked for a while after Luke had kind of isolated himself. I can't imagine Obi-Wan cutting himself off with the Force, but it could happen. I actually am going to be very interested to see how a lot of people take a different take on Obi-Wan here, a darker Obi-Wan, maybe an Obi-Wan that's kind of given up on hope, just like Luke Skywalker did on Oct 2. So many people hated that, that Luke had to learn, that he had to hit rock bottom to build himself back up and be reminded of what his purpose was. Could we see that from Obi-Wan? Is that going to piss people off? To give Obi-Wan a little depth? He's seen more dra- trauma than anyone. Of course we're going to see some of that from him. But how are fans going to react? I know I'm going to love it. Gives these characters some, some, some depth and, and some character. I just, it's just, it's great. Like we talk about, laser swords are awesome. You're probably not going to see him wield one much unless he fights Vader. That's a whole other discussion. We're going to talk about it in another episode. But man, these stories... Story of loss. Oh, we forget about Obi-Wan, the trials he's gone through, Satine, Anakin, the order he's lost everyone. And it's going to be interesting to see him play it out. And we know that Qui-Gon has been, he's wanted to be there by his, his Padawan side, who that relationship was caught, cut short, far too short, too soon. Um, wanting to make up for lost time, wanting to be there for him and try to guide him through it all. It's fascinating. I love these stories. It's why we podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy them as well. So I want to know, what are we going to see from Qui-Gon? Um, could he appear in the flesh, or are we just going to hear Liam Neeson? What, 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 what's that relationship going to be like, guys? I'm fascinated. But check out these pieces of material. Um, it's good stuff, and, and I think it'll be a nice introduction. You've got plenty of time. I think we have till 2022 before this happens. So you have time to check those out to prepare yourself for what we're going to see in Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Guys, if you liked what you heard, if you're liking the podcast, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that. Um, reviews and, uh, and, and ratings help uh, with algorithms and all that good stuff to tell people that you're enjoying Flying Casual so others can also do that. Share what you've learned. Pass on that message to your friends and family. Um, join the Facebook group. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening in our Flying Casual Facebook group as well. Um, check us out on all social media. Holly's in there killing on the social media. A lot funnier than I. I, I, I Holly's just kind of a social media guru. Uh, if it were me, guys, you'd probably get hardly any posts. And if they were, they would probably not be very funny. 
So I think I've come up with a couple funny ones lately, but uh, Holly there on the socials. So hit us up there as well. Um, but I appreciate you guys. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, who knows what it's going to be? Could be talking about some more Obi-Wan and Vader. Who knows? Um, but we appreciate you stopping by. Um, we appreciate your support. Be safe out there. Take care of each other. And may the force be with you always. <laughs>